0: This is Jessica Martinez, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Are you an actor who has always dreamed of becoming a mom and having a family in addition to your acting career or performing artist career? But the thought of it just absolutely terrifies you? I admit, that's totally me. I've been an actor for professionally 11 years now, and I just want a family so bad, but this career is so unpredictable and you don't know what's coming next. So how do you bring a family into that? Even if you're not an actor, have you ever wondered how do actors do it? How do you perform on Broadway and have a job at the same time? How do you travel the country in a national tour and still have a family? Well, luckily my guest, Siri Howard, is here to tell us just how she makes it work. Siri is currently on the national tour of Phantom of the Opera with her nine month old boy, Jack. He is just a doll and he's having a great old time on tour, but she's juggling many, many balls. (laughs) She's having a great time too, but it's hard. And she's going to tell us all about it. Please welcome my guest, Siri.
1: I am in Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh my goodness. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, and we're, uh, yeah, we're playing um, theater here in Honolulu for a month. So, give us a little idea of what it
0: is that you do and your life before Jack came along.
1: Well, um, I, I started out in this business um, professionally um, as a child, so I was sort of as kind an of, actor, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. I think you said that before, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I've been an actor since I was 10. Um, so I've, you know, I've just sort of been doing that. Uh, I left to go to college. I got my degrees in classical voice. I got a bachelor's degree and then a master's degree. Um, so basically I was just, but then I was back in New York and, and sort of living the New York actors life. Uh, I've been on tour a few times, been on Broadway a couple of times, done a, uh, been lucky to do some great regional theater and, that was pretty much my life. I mean, I certainly have other things than theater that I'm interested in, but, um, but in terms of, you know, professionally speaking, I was, I was a New York based actor, um, sort of living my life, doing my thing. My husband and I live in the city. He is the resident director of Phantom of the Opera. So he is a former actor turned director and yeah, that, that's been our life before Jack um, sort of working in this business.
0: And so I know for myself personally as an actor, and then I recently put up a question on Instagram asking for questions for actors that I was planning on interviewing, like yourself, who are currently on Broadway or in a national tour of Broadway sorts and have that mom life, which I know for myself and for many people that I got response from, it's really scary. I mean, because for those of you who are listening who are not actors, You may not know or understand really how the life goes, but nothing is really predictable. Um, Even for longer shows that are running for a really long period of time, you don't really know how long it's going to last for you or for the show in general. So to think that you could go a period of time without work, but you're going to bring a life into that type of a lifestyle and into the, your world like that is just really scary for me. So if you don't mind speaking on how you felt about that before deciding to have Jack, and then take us through the process of when you made that decision to start to have kids and how that was for you.
1: Yeah. You know, it is, I think we work so hard for every opportunity in theater. Of course, in, in any business you're going to work hard, but there isn't any sort of natural progression in our industry. It's like you, you know, there's no ladder to climb. You right. Know?
0: right. So, it's not
1: a lawyer job or a nursing job or doctor. It's
0: it's spend- yourself. Yeah. You're always kind of hustling is the common word
1: that people use. Exactly. You know, every single person I know in this business, whether they are just starting out um, and they have yet to book their first job, or if you have won a Tony award and you're very recognizable, right. Either way, everybody thinks that that's their last job, that they're never working again, or that, you know, they don't know what's next or because there's always this, this pressure to, to kind of one up yourself and do better and do more and what's next and that is a really scary thing just as a young single person or as an older person um, trying to make it work. And then you add on top of it, a family, having to care of a small person. It is really scary. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people put it off. Also our industry is kind of, I guess selfish is kind of the word for it because we are sort of focused on ourselves. You know, how, We have to constantly be taking, you know, voice lessons, coaching, dance classes, going to the gym, you know, going to open calls, uh, then not only that, but we have to be able to at the drop of a hat,
0: maybe leave for a couple months or year at a time and be okay with that. And of course, if you have a family, I mean, I know for me, it's been scary for years to think, how the heck would I go ahead and do that? you know?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's scary to think about taking care of yourself and and what is next. And, you know, will I, you know, because our insurance, our health insurance, for example, is based on how many weeks we work on a union contract. And if we're not making our weeks, then we lose our health insurance. And that actually happened to me when, right when I got pregnant, I lost my health insurance. Um, So yeah, it was a really scary feeling. So I guess for you then, how did you
0: know when it was time? How did you know and feel comfortable enough to take that step?
1: I don't think there's ever a perfect time or opportunity that arises where you're like, this is 100% when I should be doing this, especially because we don't know where our next job is coming from. I was unemployed. Uh, when I got pregnant, I, I was, um, I wasn't working and I, as I said, I didn't have my health insurance. We'd actually been trying for two years to get pregnant and yeah, and it wasn't obviously successful. And so we were kind of looking at life without kids. We were like, you know, we can make this work. We have, we have, we're happily married. We've got good careers. We're, we're doing great. It, it's okay. We have a crazy life. Yeah. It's okay. We don't bring kids into it. So we were at this place of sort of letting it go, almost not. I mean, not a hundred percent. And we right, had, but not holding on so tight. Yeah, but we were kind of like, you know, it, it's okay. And then, of course, uh, life throws you curveballs. <laughs> I <laughs> I was actually working in Omaha and on a concert and I got a phone call to come in for the phantom tour for a swing position. And I called Max and I was like, okay, you know, what do I need to know? Because he's the resident director out there. And he was like, all right, yes, I'm going to coach you through this, everything. And I flew out to New York on a red. eye. got literally like was trying to warm up under my breath on the plane (laughs) at four in the morning and got off the plane. Went straight to my audition, walked, literally put my things down, walked into the room, uh, had my audition, and I I ended up booking the show. And it was so amazing that I'm looking at life now on the road with my husband. Like, oh my gosh, I can get my health insurance back. This is great. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, I found out that I was pregnant before I left. And before you even started the show, I started. Well what do I do now? This is crazy. This yeah. is crazy. What do I do? And I was like, Do I not do this? What do I, what am I am I nuts to go on tour and pregnant? And and I had this incredible guilt over doing a show that I was going to have to take maternity leave from. And uh which maybe sounds crazy, but I think because these opportunities are so rare and because people worked so hard to get them as did I I'd right. been in the show a number of times um, and and they knew me and I you know I, I really had worked for that job I exactly there was this weird sense of guilt over taking the job um, which makes me sad because anybody should be able to take any job be it in theater or any other business and still be able to have a family. I don't think that there should be limitations on that. But I think there is something about our business that makes us feel there is a lot of either, or there's this feeling of you have to be either a mother or a working actor. It's very hard to be both. And, And of course it's easy to be like, oh no, of course you can do it all. But when you actually are doing it, I think there are people out there who more classically and and less so now, thankfully, but who raise their eyebrows, especially at a mom going on tour and um, they don't understand it necessarily or have time for it. Uh, I have been very lucky in that our company at Phantom has been very supportive and very helpful. And that means networks, the touring producers, and the, you know, our, our whole management team and, directorial team and the actors in the company everyone has been very supportive we actually do have a few parents on the show which is huge we have um, a few working moms on the show and there are a few families on tour in phantom which makes it so nice there is this sense of community out there but i know that that's not the case for everybody i have spoken to a lot of mothers who have not had the the good fortune to share that kind of positive experience. Um, that said, you know, I I did the show until I was seven months pregnant. Uh, luckily, you know, it's not a heavy dance show. At least right. for, for those, those ballerinas, they're they're incredible. But I, it was challenging. There, it was challenging. Really, at the at the end, uh, the rest of it, I was like, this is okay. You know, I'd get short of breath, or you know, I would be very tired and my voice changing from the hormones and, um, my costumes were, you know, they're Ever not changing. <laughs> they're not built for maternity wear, you know, they're, Aww. they have these like, you know, these waistlines that really are not helpful to a pregnant lady. And I'm you know, wearing these, these corseted tops and, and hoop skirts in some scenes were, and I'm thinking, how is this going to work? There were days when I was like, I don't know how this is supposed to work. I don't know how.
0: Exactly. And what do you think? Is there anything, or is it just time, but is there anything that you think we can, as a community, especially a theater community, start to do around improving this sort of struggle that the mom actor or even dad actor person has, is it just talking about it more or from your point of view, what, what, what can we do?
1: I do think talking about it more and making it normal to have working families, touring families, Broadway families, everything. But really the biggest thing that scares me about having a child in this business. Well, really there are two things. One of them is healthcare because our insurance insurance, is wonderful but to have him as a dependent is a complete joke it's 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 like paying rent it's so expensive
0: oh my gosh
1: so that's huge he can't uh, we just can't afford his health insurance which I think is crazy yeah So that's one thing and that's sort of a, a systematic issue but um, and a larger issue certainly but specifically to our business childcare is huge The lack of child care and the lack of, of sort of any sort any formal, um, organizing of of what that means. I I mean, yeah. How do you? I'm I'm just at a loss for words. What do you do? Right. So Max and I are the only. Max is my husband. He and I were the only people in our show. We are the only people who are both at the theater at showtime. Both parents. So we have a few people who ha- are traveling with a spouse who and their child or children. And so, of course, that means what do you do with the baby when we're both at the theater? And Max, as the resident director, he has to put new people into the show. He has production meetings, things like that. So he's in rehearsal a lot. So we, it, it's a huge... Question, you know, what do you do? How do you make that work? Of course, when I was pregnant, we didn't have to worry about it. And I just had to think about, you know, being pregnant and staying yeah. healthy and, be, and taking care of myself and taking care of Jack. Um, but now we traveled, we've made, had a few things happen. So we traveled with the nanny for a few weeks. Uh, right when I came back on tour after my maternity leave, I took five months. So I did the last two months of my pregnancy and the first three months after Jack was born. And we had somebody for about two months and she was wonderful. And then we, and she, but she only had a certain amount of time that she could commit. And then we had a friend, we sort of begged a friend of ours who <laughs> also Jack's godfather. We had him come out for a few weeks. Uh, my mom stepped in for a couple of weeks. Um, but this whole summer we had, we did um, about a month in Los Angeles and we had um the spouse of one of the people in the show, she watched him during the show. So she was essentially his babysitter for LA, another friend in Costa Mesa. We have the daughter of a cast member watching him here in Honolulu. And uh, I think starting in the fall, we will actually have a nanny again. So it's like cobbling together childcare and certainly at an expense. Right. Well, that's the other thing I was just going to say. It's like, you know, we
0: get these jobs and they're wonderful, amazing jobs, but even Broadway in this span of life does not pay that much, especially after dues and taxes and all of this stuff. So it's then you having to add on top the insurance, as you mentioned, and then childcare. It's just, you know, and of course, everybody, you know. Every family, not just actors, of course, has to pay for childcare, but it's just a different situation, of course, for you traveling around.
1: Right. We're fortunate to both have a, a stable income right now, and and as we're on tour, we we are able to have a per diem as well. So, but and and ideally, we have a nanny traveling with us because that means that I actually, you know, most people have friends and family in their community to call upon to say, I need to take a shower. I need to go take a walk or I need to have a night out by myself or my, like, or we want to go on a date. Exactly. Uh, But we don't really have that luxury when we have a babysitter because we're isolated. So, um, it's, it's, that's a, that's been really hard actually. And then, so when we have a nanny, it's nice because we actually can do those things, but it's expensive because we're also traveling her, him and we're putting them up so we're housing them you know it's ideal but it's you know it's it's costly and we're on a great contract run what's called a production contract so you know it, it affords us a little bit more uh, freedom to have someone out with us uh, but it but it's a challenge and I keep thinking about our tour is closing in February it's been out for over six years and it's coming to a close in February, and I am scared. Yeah. Frankly. I'm scared about going back to New York unemployed and thinking I can't do any of my survival jobs because paying for a babysitter is more expensive than what but I what would make in the survival job. So babysitters are around $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. And even if I want to go downtown for an audition, I mean, he has to come with me. I mean, that's a, that's a, sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I love hearing him. (laughs) Uh, He has to come with me. And there are a lot of people who do that. And I actually think social media has helped with that. in Yeah. I've actually seen
0: more at auditions. I've seen more women and I've actually, which is a little scary for me to think of, but I've seen women just, walk up and not necessarily even know anybody but just ask an actor a fellow actor in the room you know can you keep a watch while i go in there for a couple minutes yeah or you know or they have a friend that meets them but still there's all that planning you know it's it's funny cuz my my business brain starts kind of going and i'm thinking maybe there's some sort of business that needs to be created for actors that it's this community of babysitters all over the country for the touring world or maybe this already exists. I don't know. And then of course here in New York where, you know, it's a pool of babysitters that can do those type of a job. I mean, cause I know as a babysitter myself, I absolutely love kids. The only problem with it is I don't know if I would necessarily travel all the way into Midtown for $20 for a two minute audition, but then do you really want to pay 20 $20 for a two minute audition? You know,
1: it's I know, that it, tricky thing too. Yes. And and you're really hitting the nail on the head. And we've been talking a little bit about that and how it would be nice to sort of start something more official for touring parents, you know, whether it's just a sort of a master list of, of good childcare that we have found on, in certain cities, or you know, some sort of resource. You know, I, I hear some great stories about people bringing their kids to the dressing room with them, or um, you know, or or having or like swings. There being enough swings in a building of a Broadway show at any given time that they that it was almost like a, a daycare. Yeah, which is incredible. But that is. Only as long as the company will allow that to happen.
0: Right. And it's not reliable. I mean, because there might be a swing that doesn't isn't okay with taking care of kids. So then what do you do? <laughs> you know, you can't rely on that.
1: Yeah. Or or in an ensemble dressing room, there's someone who's like, Well, I'm not comfortable with having a baby in here because right. I need my, my preparation space and this is a shared space. And and you have to respect that. Um, so it's really challenging. And I, I do wish that it, maybe our union, you know, our union has fought some great battles, but when it comes to working parents, I really think that they're behind. I really, there is nothing, you know, pregnancy, when I was looking up maternity leave and things like that, and the union rule book, there's almost nothing there. There are pretty much no, there's pretty much no mention of like pregnancy and maternity and parents. There's nothing in our union rule book. That's not okay. Yeah, that needs to change, I think. Yeah, there's nothing there. And we want to be so progressive in our industry, and we are in so many ways. But we're really behind, I think, when it comes to taking care of parents in our industry. And I think that is because, you know, you think of the old old school, like 1912, I think is isn't that when Equity was founded? 1911, something like that. I'd have to look it up, but yeah, oh, someone forget.
0: send me an email. Let me know what the date was. Yeah. Sorry, if I'm
1: totally up. Sorry, fellow actors, if you know the exact date. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm sure it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're a showgirl in this, you know, in this dance show, and you get pregnant and you leave. That's it. And fathers yeah. leave their wives at home uh, with the baby. And that's sort of the classic patriarchal society that, that we live in. And I just don't think that it has evolved that much in our business. I know for me, this has been a concern and a kind of
0: underlying thought in my head for years. And it's, it's a relief to know that there are people that make it work But it's a little bit of a shame to know that we have to just make it work, you know, that there aren't certain things set in place. Um, I mean, even one question that came up um, from some of the listeners was, is there a pumping facility? Is there a breastfeeding facility for you, a lactation room or something like that? Or are you just required to use your dressing
1: room? Well, when I came back to tour, I was breastfeeding and pumping therefore uh, at work and I went to our equity deputy who uh, for those who are unfamiliar that is our company our, our union go-to kind of right. yeah who is our go-to for questions for help um, for issues regarding, you know, our, our health, our safety, things like that. And, and I went to our deputy and she said, look, there's, there's nothing about this. There's there's nothing about, about pumping. So I was, I was like, how do I stand up for myself in this situation? And not to say that I, and like I said, Phantom was really supportive, but being in a large dressing room where the ages are, anywhere from like 23 years old, you know, up through a couple decades later. So I, I was uncomfortable and that's why I went to my deputy and I was like, what do I, do I get a a room? And she was like, there's just nothing, there's just nothing in our union about this. So I went to stage management and I was like, what do I, I was like, do I, is there something here? And um, they were like, look, legally speaking, just as an employee of any business in the United States, we have to provide you a pumping room if you want it. But being backstage in a lot of these cities, you're like, where? We barely exactly.
0: have.
1: To- you'll be in a, you'll be in a utility closet <laughs> Exactly. at work. All my free time at work was taken up with me sitting attached to a breast pump, which is next to an outlet So I'm sitting there already feeling weird and isolated in a dressing room full of women. And then I'm supposed to take myself out of that and become even more isolated to do something that uh, is weird in, you know, it was just new and strange. Um, So I was like, no, I guess I don't want that. And I guess if anybody else is uncomfortable with it, they're just going to have to deal with it. Well, I think that's the kind of the, the one main lesson. I think
0: if, you know, it's gonna take time, I think, for our union to evolve. I think there are things, and I'm, I'm hopeful that even just this podcast in general and these few episodes I do about these Broadway mamas that we can try to reach out and get the word out and get us thinking and kind of brainstorming together, maybe proposing ideas in the future to the union or whatnot. But in the meantime, I think the most important thing we can do while we wait for those things to evolve and change is just to stand up for yourself to ask for what you need and to ask even when it comes to childcare for example to ask for help i mean i know that if anyone were to ask me a fellow actor for example you know hey can i have this really important audition can you come hang out with my kid at this audition studio or whatever for an hour i'm probably going to say okay if i have the time because i'm going to need it at some point and i'm going to hope that somebody does that for me um, I think that's the most important thing that it sounds like we can do is just standing up for ourselves, because then the more it's talked about, the more we stand up, it'll become more normal. I think I, I would hope at least.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we're fighting a lot of individual battles, that there's not sort of a, an overarching battle that is being fought and won. Uh, but these are individual battles, and I think the more we do speak up, and the more we stand up for ourselves, the more vocal we are, the better it will be. And because there are a lot of parents in, in like, on tour with me in Phantom, and I'm speaking crew, uh, cast, you know, orchestra. We are. There are different. There are people in in all three that have families on tour with them. So, you know, we are trying to. Make this normal. We are trying to use our voices to to say, "Hey, we this is what we need. This is how we need to accommodate this." There's uh, like watching Casey Levy in Frozen have her son at the theater, and when Laura Benanti was doing My Fair Lady and watching her into stories and her daughter coming backstage all the time, and you know they are perhaps in a better position to have maybe childcare or things like that, but they are helping to set a standard saying, look, we are powerful, successful, talented women who are also mothers and are trying also trying to make it work. So I think that that is really important that Audra McDonald, you know, she has a toddler and a teenager, you know, so she's, she's making things work. Uh, by sending a kid off to college and raising a little one at home and and being as incredible as she is and so seeing a lot of presents like that you know even if they're just they seem like mundane everyday things we actually get to see that we're real people that actors are real people trying to lead real lives that um, the the sense of stability that is so elusive we are trying so hard to maintain and um, and these battles like where to pump, at the theater is really important. I actually have become more vocal and, and less apologetic. And that's the thing. It's like, look, people will do want to accommodate you. They just don't know that they need to necessarily. Exactly. Oh, so, you know, like, oh, I never thought of that. That's honestly a lot of the response I get. It's like, oh, I never thought of that. It's because that's not their experience. So really it's it's a matter of just being vocal and going, I actually. It would be great if I could have this. Yeah. So I think the most important thing is just this thought of normalcy. You know,
0: you're talking about these different people like Laura Bonanti bringing it to light in social media. And I think the more that we can do that, the more that we can talk about it, it's just making it more normal. And hopefully, eventually, our union will kind of step up and learn a couple things if we're kind of helping them as well um, to know what needs to be done.
1: Absolutely and there are organizations out there there there's the it's called PAL P A A L The I think it's Parent Artist Advocacy League Oh okay they're out there you know they're trying to be vocal there there's something in the UK it's job sharing that they just started doing where parents basically are sharing acting jobs like they split oh the, they split their the work nice. and it, yeah, and there are a couple of companies that have started doing that here. It basically just helps to relieve some of the childcare burden. Yeah. Um, so you know, there are things like that that are out there. I think you know, really, yeah, normalizing being a, a working mother, especially in in our business, and childcare, and and learning how companies can better accommodate people for that, because we want to, we want always want to be good company members and we don't want to um, ruffle any feathers. We don't want to make a stink. Yeah. So you have to go to a come, go to a producer and say, listen, I need uh, an extra space for my kid to come during rehearsals. That that's a very scary thing because in the, all of a sudden you, you don't you, you don't want to be flagged. as like, well, we don't want to bring them back because they're difficult. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that stinks. It shouldn't be that way. And of course, we want the work and we need the work, and we especially feel this pressure because we're trying to provide for a little human, so mm. and keep their lives as stable as possible. So then we go. Maybe I shouldn't ask. Maybe I shouldn't ask. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll make it work. And yeah,
0: I just don't think though. I I, I mean, it's scary. And like you said, it we often have this feeling of once we get the job we have to you know kind of bite our lip and just do everything we can because we have the job and so many of us are wanting the job but i think that comes hand in go or i should say goes hand in hand with sticking up and and speaking out and because the more people that do the less uncomfortable and weird it will be
1: well that's the thing i think the more we are able to to normalize it and say look you know i actually and, and and have solutions sort of in place right like, present them present the s- solution <laughs> yeah present them with the solution so you know it's not a matter of just being like figure it out figure out what 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 to do with my kid while i'm exactly but but really like have something thoughtful in place and i think because we are having more conversations i think that those solutions will start to present themselves more so it is really important and i am at a place in my life where i am trying to stick up for myself more and especially for Jack. I mean there's really nothing I wouldn't do for him. So yeah. I am more assertive when it comes to asking for what I need and knowing that there are other people out there who are doing the same is frankly huge and so helpful. And the fact that you're doing this, you know, that you are having this conversation. I've had friends or or people I've just sort of crossed paths with in the business reach out to me privately and say what are you doing? How do you make this work? I want to become a mother and I'm scared. Yeah. And that that's, I'm glad that they're reaching out because we are able to say, look, this is real life. And it's always going to be scary. Being Becoming a parent is scary <laughs> because... Yeah. And then you add on, you know, an unpredictable career. <laughs> but it's also doable. You make it work. You. This is how... We are actors. We know how to make it work. And we know how to, you know tighten our bootstraps and, 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 and really figure it out, get out there and and make it work. And as mothers, you, you sort of, when you become a mother, you also, at least I felt this way. I felt like a superhero. I felt like infused yeah. with incredible power that I not only the <laughs> person in my womb and, and brought him into the world with my body, but I also feel this incredible attachment where I, I feel this kind of strength that I never knew was in me. And and that translates to my work and to what I do. And it actually makes other aspects of my life, things that used to bother me, don't bother me as much anymore. Petty dramas at work, I ignore. Um, and that's also, so there's something so much more important now. Yeah. And I, I have relieved myself of, of some of the pettiness of other aspects of life, things that used to bother me or get me down. that's just, I got to release those things, (laughs) which is nice. Well,
0: we might've said them all, but is there anything that you would say then to hopeful moms who are actors and
1: advice that you would give about that step? Yes, I think it's mostly to not apologize. Don't be afraid to have the things that you want If Being a mother is something you want. Be a mother. It is so much more fulfilling and wonderful than playing a role in a show or, (laughs) you know, getting that phone call as wonderful as those things are. It's just so fulfilling. It's so incredible. And being fearless and unapologetic for that. As women, I feel like we apologize a lot. And the one thing that is exclusively ours, we should not have to apologize for when it comes to being a working mom. That is okay. Men have been doing it for centuries. Right. Are also fully capable of having that life and, you know, you can have it all. Well, you can, there are, there are huge sacrifices, but you can, you can be a mother you can be a working mother. You can have the career that you want and have your, have your family and still be a good wife, still be a good mother, still keep a good home. If those things are also really important to you.
0: Well, I don't even have kids, but you got me a little teary because it ju- it speaks to me because it's been this underlying battle in my head for years, you know, and um, you know, I plan to have kids in the future and we're waiting for a couple medical things and some other things, but it's, yeah, it's just that fear. And I think it's just letting go of the fear and knowing that it'll work itself out. And there are people that do it. And like you said, not to apologize that's so huge. And I think as actors too, we, like we kind of mentioned before, we tend to like drop everything for our career and do anything and everything. And when we get that part, it's like, we'll, you know, take off on a plane at, in, a, in an hour. But there's also something to be said for sticking up for yourself and saying, no, I want... To be a mom, I want to have a family. Or even if you're a dad out there and you're scared for that, like, I want to be a dad. I want to have a family. And just finding a way to make it work. Um, that was that was really beautiful. Thank you for that. You inspired me. <laughs>
1: so it, it, it is scary. And there's a reason that a lot of people in theater have kids later. It's because we're working so hard to make any sort of mark in the industry And you, there's this feeling like, well, if I have a kid, I, I need at least a year to focus on that. And that's a year lost of my career and who knows what it's going to do to my body and who knows, you know, what's going to happen. If my child is born with medical issues, then I might never go back. You know, there's so many scary unknowns and, uh, we're working so hard to to make us to build a savings account and get our health insurance and do all the things that we we wait we wait we wait we wait, and when we got pregnant, it was oddly perfect because, as crazy as our lifestyle is, we've had job security and stability and uh, and a supportive company and. But like you
0: mentioned earlier, you're not going to have that forever and things might change. And so you have to be able to know that when February comes along, if it takes a little bit of time before the next opportunity, or if the next opportunity isn't so, you know, comfortable or whatnot, that that's okay. And that you'll be able to speak up for yourself and figure it out. And it's going to be okay. Absolutely. At the end of the day, you're a mom and that's enough exactly and I know how to make ends meet well that's the that's the joy of us actors
1: (laughs) like we always we're we're always thrifty and we always know how to make it work to to say that we live in a feast or famine kind of world is is really putting it mildly it's mostly famine (laughs) exactly you know so you know we are enjoying the bounty of of having a a cushy job right now, but it does end. And that's why we are not living beyond our means. And we're still trying to get housing that's cheap and buying, you know, trying to save on our groceries and, you know, cooking at home. And, um, you know, you you save, you try to make it work because we know that the job isn't always going to be there. I have survived through so many situations that I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills or how I was going to make ends meet or where my next job was coming from, I didn't know. And I survived. I made it work. And I know that we will do that again. And on top of that, I also know that I have a community of parents in this business who uh, upon whom I can call and and on whom I can rely to, to say, hey, how do we do this? Or can we get together and talk about this? Or commiserate? Or just can I cry on your shoulder? Because <laughs> it yeah. was... It, they get it. You know, there are some great forums on, on, online um, on Facebook that I'm, I'm a part of that are just moms talking about being moms in uh, as artists. And, and it's so cool to read those daily. And I have a, a chat group that I am a part of where there are five of us and we talk every day and we're all in different parts of the business and every day we're, we're all over the country too. Just five of us in every single day we check in with each other and say, how are you doing? How are your, how's your baby? You know, what's, Yeah. what new challenge have you discovered? Having those kind of resources. I think being a mom is really isolating in so many ways. I think having that community is so important. And I think that for me has made it a little less scary to be a mom to be sort of alone on tour, if you will, obviously I'm with my incredible husband, who's also an amazing dad, but, you know, without sort of my community of friends and family and, and unfellow moms, that's, you know, that's a scary thing, but knowing that I have people who are out there and that I can call them up and say, Hey, I have a diaper question. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. You know, it's, that's, that's everyday life. And I will go back with that sense of community. And that is huge. It's so helpful. And we're going to, you know, face bringing a baby into our one bedroom apartment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and you'll figure that out. Like you'll just make it work. You'll just figure it out.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the next step is, is scary and it's daunting, but you know what? So is becoming a parent. So it can't be as, as much unknown as that was, so throw uh, us the next curveball. We're ready. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You learn how to really deal with situations on the fly and keep a cool head. It's um, yeah. Parenthood has definitely made me a much stronger person. So uh, well, you were pretty strong beforehand, so oh, I can imagine. Yes. Well, same. So, um, you know, you're 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 a pretty amazing person. So, um, well, thanks. You know, it's nice to have a community of strong women out there to talk to.
0: Yeah. And Jack is amazing. Well, yeah. So that's a perfect segue. We didn't talk much about Jack, but before we close out, um, give us a little bit of insight on him. And then I have a a question that I always like to ask my guests.
1: Sure. Well, he's a, he's a Halloween baby. So he was born on Halloween, which is my husband's favorite holiday. (laughs) That's perfect. All about sort of, you know, being together and being fun and there's no, pressure. It's just, uh, it's just a really fun holiday and yeah. he came into the world on a great day. And he has just been amazing. He is adaptable. You know, we do, we are driving this tour, so we pack everything up in, in the car and, and drive. And he is so chill and so happy. He adapts to every situation. He gets he comes to opening night parties and gets passed on by everybody. And he is so cool with it. Uh, when we were in LA at our opening night, park, one moment where I, I go, I'm so sorry. I just need to stop you for a second. I just need to find my baby. <laughs> <laughs> <Does> <laughs> you know, anybody you know, has Jack? <laughs> everybody wants to hold him. He, yeah. He, he's sweet. He's fun. He's happy. It's so much fun to see him discover. And it's awesome. And we, we live right by the beach here. So we've been taking the ocean, he loves the ocean. He's just the coolest kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, when you
0: come back to New York, I'm going to have to meet him.
1: <laughs> He's so great. You know, and it, it just, it just makes every day that much better to know that he is in this world and we get to spend every day with him. It is the reason to wake up in the morning. What is one
0: thing that when Jack is 18 that you would like to
1: tell him now? One of our biggest goals for Jack is that he is kind. We don't want, we don't need him to be anything. He can be whoever he wants to be, do whatever he wants to do. We just want him to be kind. And I think be kind, be fearless are the things I would tell him. I would say, Jack, you're going out into the world. You're 18. You have the world ahead of you. And it's so thrilling to know that you are going to be a part of that and it will be a part of you. And see it with kindness, with fearlessness, with compassion, and don't apologize for being you. That's perfect. That is, I mean, I want so much for him to feel that in his life. So, yeah.
0: Thank you, Siri. That's beautiful. And not only are you a Broadway mama, but you're a Broadway touring mama, which is just unbelievable. I mean, you mentioned feeling like a superhero and I think that you're a superhero. So I hope that you know that. I hope that you know that you inspired me and I hope that you inspire many other people and moms out there to be unapologetic. And if you want to be a mom, you just be a mom and an actor and it doesn't have to be separate. They can go hand in hand. And I'm just really grateful that you shared your story because
1: it inspired me for sure. Well, I'm so glad. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk and thank you for Wanting to talk to me, it, it really means a lot to me. Thank you. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for
0: moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, please take a minute on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. If you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.